when I started this job uh, a little a little less than a year, um, there's nothing like being told, here is your job, Aaron, and now the Undersecretary of Rural Development uh, is going to come to North Dakota and visit you. So I, I welcome my first guest. It's such an honor to, to work with her, to know her, to learn from her. Um, her name is Sochil Torres-Small. She is a former congresswoman from New Mexico, current Undersecretary of USDA Rural Development, and most recently nominated to serve right beside Secretary Vilsack um, as the next Deputy Secretary of all of USDA. So welcome, Soch. Can you hear me? Erin, I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can, and it's so good to hear your voice. Oh, it's such a joy to get to join you. Thank you so much for having me on, and thank you for taking on this this uh, three-hour uh, leg. It's, it's really exciting that you'll be sharing such a uh, uh, good word about rural development. Well, it, I'm literally turning the show into an infomercial for rural development. So uh, hopefully we'll make the best of it. And there is really no better way to to start off that conversation than somebody who has um, just dedicated your time and energy uh, to the mission of USDA rural development, which is to improve economic out, um, opportunities and the quality of life for people in rural communities. Um, as you know, because you visited, North Dakota is pretty much all rural communities. There's only maybe six uh, cities in North Dakota that don't qualify uh, based on population. But if I can uh, have you and use you first, Soch, which you require me to call you, <laughs> um, you've been a policymaker in Congress. Um, you you sit around really powerful tables. Can you talk about, as, as one of the leaders within USDA, what is Secretary Vilsack and President Biden's vision for rural America? Erin, well, I love the way you talk about yourself as a, a former middle school teacher and uh, I know a farmer's daughter as well, and how when you're working in rural development, you bring that whole part of who you are to the work. And and I will always be a girl from New Mexico who, who loves rural places and uh, knows the opportunity that you and Eric were talking about when it comes to opportunities from rural places uh, that happen. And and that's why when we talk about a vision for rural America, really rural development's role in that is investing in the goals and vision of rural America. Rural development might have the tools to help build that community facility or uh, lay that line for high-speed internet, but it's it's the communities, it's the rural people that have the blueprint for uh, what they want for their home and how to build opportunity in their home. When I was in North Dakota, I loved visiting the Mandan Food Co-op, where the vision was bringing homegrown beef to kids in schools. And we were able to help invest in, in trying to get that done. Uh, it also feeds into how we make sure that the wealth that is grown and created in rural places also gets retained by rural communities, which is a, a real goal of the Biden-Harris administration, because we know that the best way to support an economy is from the bottom up and the middle out. And it takes everyone in small towns and rural places to be able to invest in communities in that way. Thanks, Soch. Uh, so you mentioned you were here last June uh, visiting North Dakota um, and went on the road with me to visit a few uh, places. And it was really difficult for me to decide where, where I was going to take you with the short amount of time you were in North Dakota. But um, one of the places we visited was uh, over in Jamestown. 
um, I, I'm sure you recall, uh, a brand new healthcare facility that we are helping um, the Ann Carlson Center in Jamestown to finance. So just for some context, North Dakota last year, $531 million was invested into our smallest towns and tribal communities just from rural development in just one year. And 163 million of that was a, a, a lot of it for healthcare facilities. Can you talk a little bit about your visit here uh, with Ann Carlson? We also had Senator Hoven with us um, to 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 talk uh, to give some context about what those challenges are across the country and what you experienced here in North Dakota. Oh yeah, Erin, the Ann Carlson Center was was truly astonishing. Um, the idea that uh, that that Jamestown is really answering a call and a need uh, and helping provide medical services for over 50,000 people. So it's a region of folks, whether uh, it's special needs and, and children as well as adults, finding cutting-edge ways to uh, to serve them. And what, what I saw and what Senator Hoven saw was incredible workforce and community supporting the Ann Carlson Center and really having outgrown their facility. So they were looking for a new way uh, to expand and invest in that work. And so through a combination of funds, which is so often how you have to do it, you stack funds on top of each other, you find whatever's there. So with community facilities, uh, grants and loans, as well as a larger grant from the Emergency Rural Health Care Grant that was made possible through the American Rescue Plan, uh, all of those helped us put together a package to build a new facility. And what was so neat was that as I was seeing the plans for that facility, later that day, you took me to Jamestown Regional Medical Center, uh, which was an incredible, another community facility investment. Uh, they were able to expand their building. And Ann Carlson Center is going to be located right next door to them. So building that regional approach that will allow them to better leverage services and provide better care for rural North Dakotans. I, I I love when we can point to really specific examples of the way that congressional investment that aligns to a president's priorities that is put to work on the ground the way it's supposed to improves the lives of people where we live. We often get called flyover country in North Dakota, which is a term I I don't I don't love because <laughs> it, uh-huh. it, it, it contributes to that idea that we're somehow forgotten. And I think that rural development makes sure that that people and places don't feel forgotten. Um, can, uh-huh. I, I, w- I want to just pivot now because we rural development does so many things. We administer more than 70 programs. And, and so we can help build hospitals. And, and now we can also support uh, expanding access to high speed Internet. So. Uh, just a very brief story. There's this 85-year-old farmer who lives outside of Alexander, North Dakota, not far from the the northwest corner where I grew up, um, who does not have high-speed internet at his farm with his wife. And he decided that is not good enough for him, and it shouldn't be. So he called Senator Hoven's office. Senator Hoven's office connected with USDA Rural Development and, and said, you know, is there a way to help Joe, 85-year-old Joe? And although it took a couple years... And we had to connect with with who would be Joe's internet provider, uh, one of our, our rural broadband co-ops. They applied for and received grant funds that were made available through the passage of the bipartisan infrastructure law. And now because Joe decided that wasn't good enough for me, not just Joe and his wife get internet, but a thousand other people around him, Soch, who were not getting the quality of service that rural people deserve. 
are are going to get what they need. Is that what other places are experiencing um, in, in uh, utilizing those those um, opportunities? I love that story so, so much because it shows, uh, one, that high-speed internet isn't a luxury. Uh, and if that's something that rural people know, it's something that Joe knew uh, and was willing to fight for. And, and it's unfortunate that he had to fight uh, to get it, but there are still people all across North Dakota and rural America who are still struggling to get access to high-speed internet. And rural development is really proud that we get to play a key role in that. Uh, we received about $2 billion of the, the $62 billion invested in high-speed internet in the bipartisan infrastructure law. And we're one of the first groups that are getting that money out uh, and putting it on the lines and in the ground for infrastructure. Uh, and, and so we're really excited about that for ReConnect. Uh, because we've got a strong case, a strong history of going where people don't dare to go when it comes to high-speed internet. We've laid fiber on the seafloor to reach an island off the coast. Uh, we've gone to rural uh, places in Alaska. We are in and all around North Dakota. And we know that even though it costs more for each connection, it's something that people deserve so that Farmers like Joe can invest in precision agriculture and work to make their crops both more efficient and invest in the soil and the land that's going to continue to grow and provide um, for future generations uh, so that kids can, of course, do their, their homework at home and so that uh, seniors can age in place and get the health care that they need from their living room. I, I had shared with you that North Dakota was actually a bit ahead of its time in in providing um, in investing in the infrastructure required um, for rural broadband. And and as you mentioned, it is so expensive to deliver services like reliable high speed internet out to really remote places. And that is why most of these providers need a partner in the federal government to help bring down those costs. Uh, because, as you said, people deserve, no matter where they live or what their zip codes are, to have the kind of service that more uh, more more urban um, Americans have. So I think I just have maybe a couple minutes left with you, Soch. Um, it looks like I'm getting the two-minute warning. So before you have to run, can you share some exciting opportunities coming up for rural America um, that, that we will be able to look forward to in North Dakota? I'll be quick, but one of my favorite things uh, when I visit places, all sorts of different places uh, that are rural all across the country, is talking with small business owners and, and particularly farmers in rural America, folks who are trying to find ways to make sure that the work that they, that they do gets reinvested in their community and supports their community. But I know folks have had real challenges, especially lately with energy costs, for example. And so I'm really glad that uh, Congress, uh, as well as the president, have invested in the Inflation Reduction Act, money specifically for uh, small businesses in rural America and farmers all across the country who want to participate in the Rural Energy for America program. 
So this is for energy efficiency projects like uh, light bulbs and other energy efficiency steps in a grocery store, for example, all the way to a grain dryer that you can uh, that has higher energy efficiency to uh, a solar project that's supporting some, some operations on your farm. Any of those can receive funds through the Rural Energy for America program. And there's more money available through that, which is great because it's been a program that's had more people interested in getting the funds than, the, than we had funds available. So with the Inflation Reduction Act, we expect folks to, to be able to take more advantage of that. Um, in addition, uh, also coming out this summer, uh, we're looking, we're excited uh, to have the Affordable Ener Clean Energy Program and uh, another new Empowering Rural America program for rural electric cooperatives to be able to invest in reliable, resilient energy for rural America. So we'll be announcing those in the summer as well. This is all to make sure that our uh, energy is resilient and reliable and that rural people get the support uh, that they deserve to continue to do the hard work that they're doing for all of America. Soch, thank you so much for your leadership, for your advocacy for rural America. Um, North Dakota is going to count on you when it comes to that new farm bill. So thank you so much for uh, joining me. Have a great afternoon. I hope to see you soon. Aaron, thanks so much for having me. Have a great day. You too. You're listening to Afternoons Live with Tyler Axness. I'm Aaron Oban filling in. Roars is currently looking for carpenters and concrete finishers. Work for the region's leading general contractor. Roars is a family-owned, financially strong company with a proven track record for building success in all the communities they serve. Offering excellent benefits that includes a 401k, medical, dental, vision, paid time off, and working alongside great team members focused on 